It's good to see everyone here tonight. It is good to be back. We had a great week at summer camp. And looking around at all these orange shirts, you can see who all uh, experienced the, the fun and pure goodness of summer camp. I'm going to ask everyone that went, if you would, to please stand. Everyone stand up. And really notice uh, everyone who went, especially all the adults uh, that helped out with camp. Um, y'all can be seated now. We had a great crew go up to camp and just want to say publicly a big thank you to all the adults that, that helped out. We had so many uh, wonderful people there and so many wonderful people working in the kitchen, working hard, cooking, and, and those that worked with crafts and those that taught Bible classes and drove vans and buses. Uh, we had Carolyn York there as our nurse and it takes many different uh, jobs, many different types of people to help I run a great summer camp, and I really appreciate all the help. And a big thank, thank you to our interns uh, tonight, especially uh, John Michael and Beth. It's, we've been working for weeks to uh, try to get some of those last-minute things together. Tonight I want to ask you a question. How much is a gift worth to you? How much is a gift worth? And you might say, Phil, that's a silly question. If, if I laid five gifts up here and they were all wrapped up, the presents that were wrapped up, and I said, I want you to come up here and I want you to, to put a price on each one, tell me how much it's worth, could you do that? What if I said, I just want you to put them in order of which one is the most expensive? Put them in the order of which one is the, the cheapest, the smallest value, and which one is the most expensive. Could you do that? you got to know what the gift is, right? A gift is only worth so much if it's used, if it's opened, if it's put into use. And I'm the world's worst at this. When I think about some of the gifts I've received, I have a, a brand new digital camera that's never been used. That was given to me a couple years ago by some people that really love me, and I haven't used it yet. I continue to use disposable cameras I don't know why. They're comfortable. But I've got a brand new digital camera that costs a lot of money, but it's not worth anything because it's sitting in my house right now. And I've got an iPod Nano that would hold a lot of songs, would be great to use when exercising. Or (laughs) why is that a joke? (laughs) Or just doing whatever. But I've never used that iPod. And I've had so many people say, Phil, I'll come by, I'll teach you how to use it, show you how to do it. I'll say, great. And then it never happens. So, but those are two gifts that were worth a lot of money to someone who thought they were giving me what I asked for, and yet I haven't used it. How much is a gift worth if you don't use it? I want you to turn tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 4. First Corinthians 12, starting in verse 4, the Apostle Paul writes, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but is the same God who works all in all. 
But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And he talks about some of the different gifts and he says in verse 11, But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. You know, and if you recall in, in Acts 2, 38 and 39, when Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So those of us who have been baptized into Christ and received His Spirit, here in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the different gifts. And the first thing I want you to realize tonight is that everyone has a gift. Everyone has a gift. This is something you realize when you go to a place like summer camp and you see all the different types of people it takes. And you see the same is true with with the church. You know, you wouldn't want to go to a summer camp where I was in charge of the cooking. You wouldn't want to go to a summer camp where I was in charge of the crafts. Definitely not where I was the nurse. (laughs) You might not want to go to a camp where I was the director, but definitely not these other things. But, you know, we all have different gifts. We've all been given gifts by God to use. But they're only worth something if we're using them. We've got to find our gift. We've got to find our talent, that ability that God has given us, that God has given you, and use it for the glory of God, for the, for the, the betterment of the church. When you think about uh, these verses here in 1 Corinthians 12, it says... There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. You know, here at Mount Juliet, there's many different ministries. And we've got some wonderful deacons, many of them, who work in different areas. And there are so many different types of ministries. What ministry are you involved in? What ministry are you using your gift for today? And if you're not... Why aren't you? Because it's our goal that everyone here, everyone who is a member of this body, find your ministry, find the place in the church where you can use your gift and use it to help spread the word of God. He says there are, different, there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Did you hear that? Given to each one for the profit of who? Of all. Each one pulling their weight. Each one of us contributing for the greater good of all of us because we all have one goal, right? It it, it is all our desire to go to heaven, to help save those who are lost, to help spread the word of God, to do good for those around us. And if each one of us contributes, how much greater can we accomplish? He says, verse 11, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So I encourage you, first of all, everyone has a gift. Find your gift. Use it. Number two, we are all equally important to the body. We are all equally important to the body. Going on down to verse 12, he writes, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, 
are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. Did you hear that? God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? Listen, verse 20. But now indeed there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable On these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. Let's think about this. We are all equally important to the body. Have you ever realized this? Have you ever had one part of your body that hurts and try to do your daily routine, try to go about life normally. It bothers you, doesn't it? I remember speaking of summer camp when I was in high school and I was at summer camp. Summer camp was always one of my favorite things. And I was there at summer camp. I was about a sophomore in high school and I was about as big as I am now. And I always had the habit of getting bruised up, nicked up, wherever I went, whatever I did. I found a way to run into stuff get hurt. And uh, I remember this year at camp, I managed to, uh, one night I noticed about halfway through the week that my two smallest toes on my right feet were black. They were black and purple and green. And I looked at it and I thought, that's not right. (laughs) That doesn't look good. I don't know about this. But you know, I wasn't going to go home and I definitely was not going to miss out on anything that was going on at camp. So I just wore sandals the rest of the week so because I couldn't get my socks or shoes on. And I would limp around behind my friends. And uh, you know, I remember marching through the woods, trying to catch up with my friends with that you know, broken toes and thinking, man, this hurts. You know, you don't think very often about the small, you know, your small toes, but that's, a, that's an important part of the body. And, and every part is important. You know, just when you think, well, I could do without this part of my body, you hurt something, and you realize, man, I never knew how much I needed that. Well, that's just the way the church is. And there may be some of us that feel like, you know, I'm just the little toe of this church. I'm really not that important. You know, really, there's, there's so many other people here that are part of this body. There's so many people here that make up this church I don't really need to do anything. I can sit over here and I can, you know, just show up when I want to and I don't really have to contribute. But yet, here he tells us every part of the body is important. From the smallest to the largest. 
And we need each other. We're all equally important to the body. When I think about these verses, I think about, I guess, the sister chapter to this in Romans 12. If you flip over to Romans 12, starting in verse 3. Romans 12, verse 3 says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Our ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Every one of us is important. And if we're all contributing, if we're all finding our spot where we can help, whatever it is, finding a way to contribute to the church, to the body, how much greater can we do? How much greater can we as a body of Christ accomplish when we're all pulling together? So number one tonight, everyone has a gift. What is yours? Number two, we are all equally important to the body. And the last one, is brought up there at the end of 1 Corinthians 12 in verse 25. Last point tonight is we are to care for one another. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 25, he says that there should be no schism in the body, no division, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. We are to care for one another as members of the church. I want us to think about that tonight, especially look at verse 25 and 26. If one of us suffers, we should all suffer with each other. If one of us is honored, we should all glory with them. We should rejoice with each other when things are good and and be there to mourn with each other when things are bad. We are to care for one another. When we think about how we can do this, there's a passage in Galatians chapter 6. If you turn over a few books. Galatians chapter 6. Starting in verse 1, Paul writes, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass... You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for each one shall bear his own load. When we think about caring for one another, we've got to bear each other's burdens. 
I can't get so caught up in, in what I'm dealing with in my own life and not realize that you might be dealing with something much greater, much harder. Bearing one another's burdens. Looking out for each other more than ourselves. Not thinking too highly of ourselves, but staying humble. We've got to bear one another's burdens. We've got to help each other along the way. You know, when I realized that my, my toes were black and blue, you know, I didn't just go and have the camp nurse remove my toes. You know, I kept going. I realized that, okay, maybe when I get home from camp, I, I have to take it easy a little bit, let these heal. You know, when, when, when some of us aren't pulling our weight, we can't say, well, we don't need them. They aren't important to us. We've got to bear one another's burdens. If your weight's too much for you, then I've got to help you with it, and, and vice versa. We've got to help each other along the way. Also, a passage we studied this morning in the high school boys class, James 5. Familiar passage in James chapter 5. Starting in in verse 13, James 5, he says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Listen to verse 16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. How important is that verse? We need to confess our trespasses to one another. Confess our faults. And pray for one another that you may, you may be healed. It talks about how the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And it kind of goes back to, to James 4, verse 10, just a chapter earlier, where he says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. I think sometimes we all, and self-included, we struggle with pride, and we let pride get in the way. And it can work in different ways. I can think, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm insignificant. And, and no one really wants to know about my problems. Nobody really wants to know about the sin I'm dealing with. And so I'm just not going to share with anybody. There's that way. There's the, I'll make it through on my own. I don't need anybody's help. I'm strong enough. I've gotten through this before. I'll get through it again. There's the, uh, I don't really want anyone to know I'm dealing with problems. I want everybody to think I'm okay and think I'm, I've got everything under control. And I think sometimes we struggle when we let pride keep us from having the relationship with the body that we should. Here James says, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another. Because the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. How much greater can we do if, if we're honest with each other and we help each other, we bear each other's burdens, and we try to encourage one another? 
and pray for one another's weaknesses and faults. We can do so much better. So as you think about these tonight, you think, number one, everyone has a gift. Number two, we are all equally important to the body. And number three, we are to care for one another. I want to close by looking at a familiar parable. It's in Matthew 25. Matthew chapter 25. And as we think about this, and as we think about our gifts, and how much, how valuable our gifts are to us, I want us to consider the parable in Matthew 25. Starting in verse 14, Jesus says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to the one he gave five talents. To another he gave two. To another he gave one talent. And it says that he went away on a far journey. And he was gone a long time. While he was gone, the one who had five talents took it and multiplied it. He produced five more talents. The servant who was given two talents worked, multiplied his. He produced two more talents. But the one who had one talent took it, dug a hole in the ground, and buried it. And it says that after a long time, the Lord of their servants came back. And it said that he settled his accounts with them. He called them to him. And it says in verse 20, that he who had received five talents said, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And he also who had received two talents, he said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. And his Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness." There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. As we think about this tonight, and we consider the passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you know, there may be some here tonight who have never accepted the gift of God's grace. Maybe some here have not confessed that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is the Son of God, as the Ethiopian eunuch did in Acts chapter 8. 
Maybe some of us here have not been baptized into the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins and received the Holy Spirit, according to Acts 2.38. If not, why not? The Lord's invitation is always open, and it's extended to us tonight. Maybe some here are not using their gifts for good. Maybe you feel unimportant. Or maybe pride has kept us from becoming what we ought to be. If you need to repent and ask forgiveness tonight, don't put it off until tomorrow. I want you to ask yourself this question. Ask yourself tonight, what gifts do I have And how much could I do if I use them as we all stand and sing together?